Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. I am your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you, as always. This is episode 25 of Keeping Track at Home, and uh, we call this our quarter sports crisis episode. That's what we're going to call it. We've been kind of getting into some themes. I don't know what 26 is going to be. First of all, uh, Jolan, welcome to the show. Welcome back for another exciting week. I already got an idea for 26. That could be our pay for running backs episode. Shout out Saquon, shout out Le'Veon Bell. But always good to be back, bro, in the booth. Well, you know we don't pay running backs here on the Air It Out podcast. That's not how we work. That's not how we roll. Okay, but I will tell you, I'm going to drop a good piece of uh, information for you, Jolan. And to all our listeners, I want to give you a big shout out, and I want to thank you right now. We have reached over 1,000 listens, Jolan, on the podcast in total so far, only through 25 episodes. Do the math, Jolan. That's about 40 listeners per episode. Absolutely fantastic. We love your support. We can. We hope you continue to listen and continue to enjoy the content. And you know why they love the content, Jolan? Because we get right into it. So we're looking back at last week. I was 10-4. and four. I, I was iffy on the Miami-Arizona matchup, and I ended up going to Arizona because I said they needed to win that game, especially in the NFC West. They didn't. Miami and Tua. Tua looked really good, by the way. Really, really sharp. New Orleans just completely blew out Tampa Bay. That game wasn't even... I wasn't even That's awake for it. Easy too. That's Tom Brady's biggest loss in his career, point wise. Oh yeah, no, that was uh, that was disgusting. And I got to see where where's the other game that I messed up on. Uh, it was probably. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Oh, I picked Seattle. I picked Seattle over Buffalo. They almost had that comeback. Uh, Russell Wilson just wasn't great. Four turnovers on the day. May have thrown himself out of the MVP race. That's a whole different discussion for a different day. But again, overall. Great week. The Jets lost, of course. Dallas lost, of course. Even even better, they lost in heartbreaking fashion, so they know what life is like as a Giant fan. Uh, you just run up and down the list. Atlanta finally won uh, when I picked them. Like I, I'm very thankful for you, Atlanta. Thank you for doing a great job and, uh, and and keeping it rolling here. But there was just so much. Tennessee, Tennessee beat Chicago, but then they lay an egg really against Indianapolis, and I watched that game as a whole on Thursday night, Indianapolis at Tennessee. Just not great. Just not great. But that defense, I will tell you, that cold defense is fantastic. I mean, really, they, they really came good. Off a short week against the Ravens. So to play that well against both teams is speaks for itself, man. The team's legit. Oh, yeah. They lost against the Ravens, but they played a, quite the game. And that team, again, they are going to live and die as long, as long and as far as Phillip Rivers can take them, Jolan. It's just that simple. If he can make the throws he made Thursday night, they're a team that can make a run in the AFC. If he doesn't and he shows what he has been for the last like season and a quarter, they're going to get bounced in the first round. I think this is a playoff team. I think they might end up actually end up winning this division. But it, let's see how, how far Phillip Rivers can take them. Vegas with a good win over the Chargers. Uh, you just look at up and down the roster. No surprise the Giants beat the Red, uh, the football team. Excuse me. Uh, no No real surprise there. Uh, Carolina plays a tough game at Kansas City. I told you that game was going to be closer than a lot of people thought. And, uh, and, and uh, yeah, Dallas was close. Dallas should have won, according to Dallas fans. But uh, who really cares? And uh, they lost again. So they're, they're looking at a top-five pick along with the Giants and potentially the Washington football team. We might have three in the top five. Jolan, how impressive would that be? That would be not impressive at all. I would really want to laugh about this, but this is so bad. The fact that the Giants have lost games to teams in this division is really upsetting. And whoever wins is doing themselves a disservice. I know it's hard to root to lose because you won't get the free agency signings. You won't get the attention. And it, it sucks to lose all the time. I'll just be flat out about it. But 
we got to get someone's got to get it together eventually. Yeah, somebody's got to wake up. But uh, here's the other negative news in the NFL: COVID numbers have been on the rise. There's been a significant spike in cases. However, Joel, on what the NFL has done great is they haven't had an outbreak yet. Again, knock on wood, they they they've been able to control it. Unlike Tennessee, Tennessee had the real major. Kind of 18 to 20 people. That was team outbreak, not league outbreak. Correct, correct. The league and the teams in general are getting these guys away from the team, getting the right contacts out of the building, testing them the right way, and then moving forward. So credit to them. We get a week 10, Joel, on, and uh, I want to kick it off. Let's let's roll, bro. Get me ready. Let's roll right into it with um, two teams that had lost last weekend but still have a ton of potential for the season. The Buccaneers 6-3 and three at the Panthers 3-6. and six. No McCaffrey this week. He's down with a sh- shoulder injury and is now considered week-to-week. The Buccaneers are allowing just 77.9 rushing yards per game and 3.3 yards per rush this season, both the best in the NFL. And the running back for the Panthers, obviously, not here this week. So Yeah, like. you probably should be very weary of starting Mike Davis this weekend. McCaffrey's back up against that vaunted defense. I'm going to take Tampa Bay in revenge here, and not revenge against Carolina, uh, revenge against what happened last week, and I just think they're too good of a football team here to lose this game. Again, just kind of like how Arizona was last week where you had to win that game against Miami, I think the Patriots, it's not a must win, but they got to beat the teams they're supposed to. I think they take care of Carolina this week. Tom Brady bounces back, and again, guys, they've really got to find somebody who, oh, they got to they got to scheme plays for guys. Like, you, got, you can't just, just run you know, four verticals, a run bench, or, or run curl flats, all these different concepts, and just say, oh, whoever's open, I'm throwing it to. Scheme it up for Mike Evans. Say, hey, if we're in this formation and we put Mike Evans on the other side of the field, we're getting one-on-one with Mike Evans. The last time I checked, you pretty much like that matchup against anybody except for Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, and so you got to scheme plays up that way. Does Antonio Brown play better outside or inside? Does he play better on the slot? Who knows? I think they got to find their identity. I think against the Carolina team without Christian McCaffrey – I think they do that this week. The good news is they're four games over 500, and they have plenty of time to figure it out. Yeah, what a terrible problem to have. Right. Four games over 500, and everybody's the ship is sinking, apparently. I mean, the two losses were kind of embarrassing, but that's besides the point. We'll the move same forward team. to another team that's 6-2. and two. They're at home against the Jaguars. We'll call this the lopsided bowl because Green Bay's spread is minus 13. Per Elias Sports Bureau data, Green Bay receiver Devontae Adams joined Calvin Johnson 2012 as the only players in NFL history with three games of at least 10 receptions, 150 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown this season. And Adams has only played six games. Yeah, give me Green Bay in this game. And I I just think the spread's not even big enough, especially in Green Bay, by the way. This time of year, starts to get a little cooler. They know how to play there. Jacksonville used to Florida and all that heat and all that state in general, you know, a whole bunch of things to say about them. Give me Green Bay big in this game. I'm thinking like 17 to 24 in that range. Credit, shout out Jake Luton. He was killing it last weekend. Nice uh, rushing touchdown too. So they called him not mobile. The boy's mobile. We can head on to te- the 2-6 and six Texans taking on the 5-3 and three Cleveland Browns. Houston quarterback Deshaun Watson has six straight games with multiple passing touchdowns. The second longest streak active in the NFL after Russell Wilson. Nine. What's their record? What's Houston's record? Houston is two and six, surprisingly. They, they've, they've. I think they're two and two since Bill O'Brien got fired. Oh yeah. They oh yeah. No, no surprise. Time. No surprise though. Um, this is, this would be the toilet bowl in, in any other year, but the Browns are having a actually pretty decent year. Again, I, life without Odell has just not been great for them so far. Again, like, and 
and I, I, I need people to understand this, Jolan. It's not just targets. So when you see Odell's got his lowest targets in years, lowest yard, it's not necessarily just targets. What does he do to impact the game? Is he is he requiring a double team? Because if he is, that may be more important than getting him 13 to 15 targets in a game. So I think they miss him again this week. Oh, boy, this is tough. Uh, I just I like Cleveland just a little bit more. I think Nick Chubb is coming back, I want to say. I, I think he is back this week. I think that's a boost to that offense. Because, again, when they run the ball effectively, Baker Mayfield's able to do some things in the passing game that he's not otherwise able to do when he has to drop back 40, 50 times a game. So uh, give me Cleveland at home in this game. they got to win at home. Again, this is another game and a team that's trying to make the playoffs that needs to win this game. This is a game you have to win. And it looks like two teams might come out of the AFC North. Talk about the division. Might be three. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. That's what I said. Two other teams come out of the AFC North. And the Ravens, what I I suspect. And then the Browns might be the last wild card team. So it's going to be interesting. We move move forward to a battle of the NFC East. The three, four, and one Eagles take uh, take on the Giants in MetLife Stadium. The Giants are two and seven. Giants quarterback Daniel Jones has lost 16 straight games against all opponents not named Washington. Part of the problem is obviously turnovers. Jones has 36 since the start of last season, the most in the NFL, and he had at least one in 20 of 22 career games played. But Wentz has a turnover in eight straight games, the longest active streak in the NFL. Both quarterbacks rank in the top three in interceptions this season, Wentz ranking first and Jones ranking third with nine. Oh, I was so disgusted when you read that. Not our toilet bowl. Not our toilet bowl. I got another matchup for that. Oh, I may make two toilet bowls. Holy (laughs) crap. That was disgusting. And and the Giants have they've lost eight straight against Philly uh, over the course. And uh, I, Daniel Jones, he's gonna trip on an open touchdown again this week, right? He's gonna be shipped by the end of the he, season. He's got to do it, right? Like he's gonna he's gonna trip and fall while in the open field again, uh, like he did that Thursday that Thursday night that we uh, try want, not I try not you, to talk Eagles about. Eagles got a ton of players returning. This is, <laughs> I mean, listen, I was gonna pick the Eagles anyway. I'm very tempted to pick the Giants. I really am. And I and I again I love the effort that they're playing with and you know me Joel and I'm very much I like W's more than I like just pure effort. Well, the Miami again, of last year, right? But it has shown and it shows on film. I'm sure when they go back and watch it, how much harder these guys are playing this year than they were last year. You can make an argument whether they should just be playing hard every week. That's a whole different topic. I think the Eagles win this week. I think teams that I I, I don't know. It's just something about the Eagles. They always find a way to beat the Giants. Carson Wentz finds a way to play good enough to beat the Giants. It just always happens, man. I'm so sick and tired of seeing it. But it, I expect it again to happen this week. A fun little bet I would put out, though, outside of picking the game, because I think that's pretty straightforward, would be the over-under for turnovers in this game should be four. I'm thinking four, because it's supposed over. to rain it's supposed to rain tomorrow. I'm thinking the over-under should be set at four, and I would take the over. Giants have forced the second most turnovers in the NFL defensive-wise, so it's a good bet to have. Jabril Peppers, big interception last And we'll, and we'll see. This might be the last time the defense is playing without uh, Xavier McKinney, their second-round draft pick, who could, be, who could be coming back after the bye week that they have next week. But I'm going to take the Eagles in this one and the over four turnovers. This brings me to our next matchup, which I will consider the toilet bowl if you called last one the toilet bowl. It's the 2-6 and six Washington football team at the 3-5 and five Detroit Lions. Washington has lost five straight road games going back to 2019 and has averaged 17 points per game in those five losses. But the Lions are 2-9 and nine at home since the start of 2019 this season. The record at, um, record at home in the NFL over that span. They are two teams still seeking their first home win this season. 
Oh my God. The Jets. Uh, well, yeah, no, of course the Jets. They might be looking for their first win in the next century. I was gonna bring that um, up the Jets. But yeah, no, let's. Uh, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna leave them be because they're actually on a bye this week. Um, <laughs> I, I, until you read that stat, I thought the pick was pretty straightforward. It was Detroit, uh, two and nine at home. Oh. Alex Smith. Alex Smith has looked okay. He looked pretty decent. He's on his way to winning comeback player of the year, by the way. Uh, whether he gets, he, he doesn't even have again. to win. Yeah, I mean that in and of itself. Oh man, give me Washington in this game. And uh, I'm going to say it relies on their defensive line. I think their defensive line gets a lot of pressure on Matthew Stafford this week. I'm not sure if Kenny Galladay is playing. I don't know, man. Uh, this is a game where uh, if you're somebody at home listening to this podcast, you got as good a chance as I do. Just close your eyes and flip a coin, and whichever lands on heads or tails and whichever one you assign, pick that one. I'll take Washington on the road. I think Chase Young has a pretty good game this week. That leads us to our Sunday 405, which I will call our game of the week. The Bills, who are 7-2, take on the Arizona Cardinals, who are 5-3. The Cardinals rank in second in pass win rate this season, while the Bills rank fourth in pass rush rate win rate this season. Um, big matchup, obviously. Josh Allen's going to be airing it out and running. Kyler Murray's going to be airing it out and running. So who do you like? Oh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, again, credit to that Buffalo defense making just enough plays last week against Seattle to win that game. I don't know why I'm tempted to pick Arizona after the disappointment they, they laid down last week. What I will tell you is they've played up to their competition this year. You really have. You look at it, and, and I'm talking about that game against Seattle. That that, that game really sticks in your mind as the last shootout they were in. I think they could be in for another shootout this week. Oh, man. Uh, this is, hmm. Give me, give me, oh, man. Give me Arizona by a field goal. By a field goal in this game, I and 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 this is one of those picks, Jolan, where I wouldn't pick either team outside of three points. Vegas agrees. They have the Cardinals at a spread of minus two point five. Yeah, I, I, it's really really tough. I, and again, I wouldn't be surprised if it flipped. I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo won on a last second field goal. I just think Arizona plays up to their competition this week, wins it on a last second field goal. I would think if you're betting parlays for wins and losses and over and unders, you would avoid that game. Not right this now. game. No, avoid this game yeah, at all costs. Avoid this, it's going to be a weird one, I bet, and it's going to go down to the last second, I bet. Which moves us to our next game, a battle in the AFC. The 3-5 and five Broncos take on the Las Vegas Raiders, who are 5-3. and three. I was about to say the Oakland Raiders, but that's not a place anymore. Raiders quarterback Derek Carr has third-best touchdown-interception ratio this season at 8.0. He has thrown 16 touchdowns and only two interceptions. It's Mahomes' numbers. This, these are Mahomes' numbers. Well, okay, let's get number one. Let's numbers. get number one out of the best way. Best quarterback in his division. Oakland still exists. <laughs> like that city is still there. Oakland out to Oakland. You know the whole song. No, oh, the Oakland Raiders. Though. Right, right. right. <laughs> the show goes on. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the, Derek Carr's played really well. Credit to Eric Moltner, the uh, Raiders fan on this podcast, joined us a few weeks ago. They started turning it up the second he touched this mic. Yes, he, the minute he picked against them against Kansas City, they have turned it on. Okay, they they've played very well, and I'll give them all the credit in the world. He might have to come back, although it might dispel the magic. We gotta get all the guys back. Might might dispel the magic, Jolan. I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> I'm gonna take Las Vegas in the game. Denver's just been too inconsistent. I like them in in the um um in the uh, what's it called the Death Star uh, that their home stadium looks like. It also looks like a Roomba. It's awesome. uh, if you if you look online, like if you look at a Roomba, that is the best sports stadium <laughs> period in the America. Uh, it looks right great, now. and I'm excited to see all these new stadiums. That one and the one out in uh, L.A. When they have fans, I'm excited to see it back. Um, but give me Las Vegas in this game. Denver, like I said, Drew Locke, no, 
they, they get Noah Fant going, and then they don't, and then they don't start getting Noah Fant going. Then they get him going late in the game, and it's too late. I just don't trust Denver. Jerry Judy, though, very good fantasy pickup, uh, but give me Las Vegas in this game. Las Vegas, hot start. Derek Carr, best quarterback in his division. We'll move on to quarterbacks in that division. That is – whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's a... <laughs> that is that is hottest of hot. They, this is like the 9 sauce that, like, they put on wings sometimes. That that take right there. I don't know, man. Pat Mahomes looking like a game manager this year. They're establishing the run. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding, bro. Pat Mahomes is one of the best I've ever seen. But we'll move on to a quarterbacks in that division with the Chargers taking on the Miami Dolphins, the 2-6 and six Chargers at the 5-3 and three Miami Dolphins. All six of the Chargers' losses this season have been one-score games tied for the – much such losses within a team's first eight games in NFL history, per Elias Sports Bureau data. The 1944 Brooklyn Tigers, the 1983 Bucks, and the 2015 Ravens were the other three teams to do it. Chargers have been losing really, really close games. Anthony these, Lynn's fired, by the way. He's these, he's gone. These teams, uh, other than the 2015 Ravens, who lost a ton of close games, but they've obviously bounced back and rebuilt that. They're from, like, prehistoric eras in my eyes. Yeah. Um, An- Anthony Lynn is fired. Um, I'm just going to put that out there right now. He needs to go. Again, you as a coach have to prepare your team to win in situations like this. This team stinks. <laughs> Adios. Now, here's what's going to happen. I'm all juiced up for this pick because I picked Miami into his first game. I didn't pick them last week, and they proved me wrong. I'm going to pick them again this week, which means if you are a fan of Miami, I would put significant money on Los Angeles. Because that is how this works here on the Aerodale Podcast. For some odd reason, when Goose gets excited about a pick, usually ends up the other way. Regardless, I'm taking Miami in this game. They have played inspired Jolon since Tua became the starter. Last week, I think the first game he kind of he was trying to get the flow. Last week, he looked much more of, hey, this is the guy. This is why you take him sixth overall or fifth overall, the pick that they had. I can't quote what episode we said this, but we said that by this matchup of this time of the year, it would be Tua versus Herbert, and that's exactly what we're getting. Absolutely, absolutely. And, I, and I'm and i excited to see what we get out of Tua this week. Down in Miami, it's going to be a hot one down there for L.A. Give me Miami. That moves on to what would be the game of the week, but I don't really necessarily like the second team. It's the 6-2 and two Seahawks at the 5-3 and three Rams. The Rams have been playing good football, and they obviously have a winning record, but... I don't know. They might be the pretenders rather than contenders in my eyes. But they've also allowed the fewest completions of throws 20-plus yards downfield of 5 of 23 with Russell Wilson airing it out and seven touchdowns, deep balls. It's going to be a good matchup in the secondary. And it's also good to note that Jared Goff is really, really good when there's no pass rush against him. The Seahawks lack that. Who do you like? That they do, and it, and they come off. I believe they had a bye week last week. So McVay gets two weeks to prepare for this game. A little bit dangerous. They're at home. Seattle really needs a bounce back, especially Russell Wilson. DK Metcalf against Jalen Ramsey. Yo, get me the popcorn. Get me. I'm. I am ready. The, these two easy. might fight each other in this game. They might actually brawl in this game. But it. I mean, even if they don't and they both stay in the game, oh, it's going to be so much fun to watch. Strength on strength. You mentioned the deep ball, uh, non-completions that the Rams are giving up. Seahawks love to take those shots. I really. I'm kind of stuck on this one. I'm going to take Seattle. And, again, it's just the trust I have in Russell Wilson not to have four interceptions again. Because, again, if he doesn't have those four interceptions, they beat Buffalo. They beat they beat them, and then they're up to seven wins. have those three, you could argue they beat Arizona, too. Correct. So here's the key to the game. You, you just mapped it out for me. Here's the key to the game. If Russell Wilson turns the ball over, the Rams win. 
Russell Wilson doesn't turn the football over, Seattle's going to win. And I'm going to take Seattle. I'm going to trust that he's not going to do that two weeks in a row. Call me foolish if it happens, but I, I'm taking the Seahawks this Betters week. beware. In a squeaker. If Russell Wilson throws himself out of another game with interceptions, uh, Don and those bad slips in Mahomes. Yeah. He's 25 touchdowns, one interception, and tells his oldest tape it's going to be over by then. That moves us to our next matchup. The 49ers, who are 4-5, and five, at the Saints, who are 6-2. and two. The Saints coming off a very, very, very impressive win, blowing out the Buccaneers by 35, I think it was, 38-3. Oof. The 49ers are looking to avoid their first three-game losing streak since week 10 through 13 of the 2018 season. They have a 22-8 record with Jimmy Garoppolo as starting QB since, 27, uh, since 2017, but they are just 5-22 and 22 without him over that span. No Jimmy G this week. What do you like? Yeah, this was going to be a primetime matchup, and I bet you if the 49ers were healthy this year, this probably gets flexed into the night game. They got moved to 425. Correct. Right? So give me New Orleans in this game. Team that was really in a rut. Really, when you think about it, they were still winning games, but they, they didn't really have any flow, and they're kind of falling behind in games. People right flash. now, I I think last week could be the jump start of a run for them, at least in the regular season, uh, where they go on, and that's how they get to 12 wins every year. Give me New Orleans in this game, especially at home. I like them over San Francisco. They're getting some guys back. San Francisco is, but not enough to overcome the challenges that they'll face in New Orleans. Brings us to our next matchup, which I would call the lopsided bowl besides that green matchup, but I don't think Vegas agrees with me after last week's Steelers game. The two five and one Bengals are at the eight and zero Steelers, and the spread's only seven point five, which is not as low as I think it'd be. I feel like the Steelers are getting the criticism that's well deserved. They barely beat a Cowboys team that was not quarterbacks basically with decimated Gilbert. yeah they barely beat teams that are over 500 and their 8 and 0 record is being questioned by a lot of people who do you like in this matchup well i'm going to tell you i think part of it is that and i think the other part of it is the respect people are giving joe burrow now it's not again they're not flipping the script and saying cincinnati's favored but what they're saying is joe burrow is so good right now he's going to keep them in the game a little bit longer than maybe other teams have maybe at the back half of Carson Palmer's career, all that kind of stuff. And Joe Burrow made me eat my words. I said he was not going to be good. His offense at LSU was too much overpowered. He's making the Bengals seem very legit. Yeah, they have weapons. But for a 24-, 25-year-old quarterback that came out late in his college career, technically, he's right exactly where he's supposed to be at that age. Guy's balling. Right. And, I mean, but even now, like, A.J. Green's not there. He's not the same guy he has been in the years past. Tyler Boyd has looked really good. I'm going to take the Steelers in this game, Jolan. I, But... Here's the thing, and this is what bothers me. It, again, they've had a couple sloppy games this year. Guys, that's what great teams do. It, do we do we understand that's how that works? Great teams have to win ugly games. It happens all the time. Go to my favorite movie, Remember the Titans. They had some pretty sloppy games now in there, didn't they? And they found... this. And again, back to real life. You find a way to win. This is how it works. Because again, if they lose to the Cowboys, nobody's saying, no, oh, the season... No, it's you're a great team. You need to find a way to win. That's exactly what the response would have been had they lost. That's the exact response I'm giving when they win. It was a great team that found a way to win. Do I think they're 16-0, 2007 Patriots? Absolutely not. But that defense is historically great, and I think they give Joe Burrow a lot of problems this week. But but And again, I don't want people to be deceived. Joe Burrow could have 275 yards and be contained, right? Like, I, I, people, I don't want people to freak out at yardage, and st- especially in today's NFL. It's not the same. So 
But give me Pittsburgh in this matchup, and uh, I don't think it's close. Moves on to another team in the AFC North. We have the Ravens, 6-2, and two, at the Patriots, who are 3-5. and five. Patriots, they won one last week, but it was really, really ugly. Barely. Barely. Yeah, Cam Newton's been playing awful football since coming back post-COVID, so a lot of questions around the Patriots. Are they tanking to get a quarterback, is everyone asking? I don't see it. Bill's play calling. Last week in the final drive really showed you he's not tanking. What do you like in this matchup? Uh, well, Bill couldn't lose to the Jets. I mean, let's be honest. That's that's one of those. Listen, they could lose this game by 100. Still losing to the Jets would be more embarrassing. Uh, but again, off the Jets because they're on a bye. Give me Baltimore big in this game. I don't care that it's in Foxborough. That mattered a little bit when the games were closer. I like Baltimore in this matchup. I think Lamar Jackson is going to be fantastic. He was last year in this matchup when they played down in Baltimore. Again, I just don't know if they have the guys on defense. When you miss Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy left in free agency, you're missing a lot of guys that can cover speed, and Lamar Jackson is the king of speed, okay? Outside of Tyreek Hill and Mecole Hardman, you know, you start talking, Lamar Jackson's up there. I think he's just too fast, and I think he, I think his legs helped him win this game against the New England Patriots this week. Yeah, it's almost as if Lamar Jackson has hit a ceiling. I don't want to call it a ceiling because he can make me eat my words really quick, but a ceiling with his throw ability. People are scheming for him, and he's being more contained now so than ever. But that brings us up to our next matchup for Monday Night Football. It's the Vikings, the 3-5 and five Vikings. At the Bears, who are 5-4. and four. And I know this might be an easy pick if you're leaning toward the Bears, but here's something to reassure you. Cousins is 0-9 in his career on Monday Night Football. The most consecutive losses by a starting quarterback to begin a career on Monday Night Football is the longest streak in NFL history. So uh, I'm going to go back to the last uh, game just for a quick second. Cousins. Uh, you talk about Lamar potentially hitting his ceiling. Joel, look at, and again, it's it's two different sports, but LeBron James didn't develop a jump shot in that three-point game until almost, what was point. it, nine years into his career? That's a great point. So Lamar can definitely get this thing on point. And it's not that he can't throw. It's, he, he's got to get used to reading defenses. Everything was catered. He ran the ball 95% of the time in high school, maybe, what, 75% in college. Now hey, it's at like 60%. Per, now it's at like 65%. So, like, he's just got it. He's just never been in those situations. And I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. Now, moving on to this Monday night game. Oh, man. I, I really, and, and I'm going to make this pick because this is what I want to see come, come Monday morning. You like that? You like that. Well, you like, one you like that. <laughs> Give me Kirk Cousins in this game to get his first Monday Night Football career win. I, again, I just can't pick the Bears. Brock, I'm sorry, dog. I can't pick the Bears anymore. That offense is putrid. You know, that defense I thought is you just were going to lean toward the Bears. So I said, disclaimer, like if you're yeah, Lions, Tigers, that. and Bears. Oh my, no, I'm not scared of the Bears right now. I'm you really don't not. Like them. That defense. That defense is good, Jolan. I'm not. I'm not saying they're not. They're they're a good defense. But can they overcome such a putrid offense? Because that offense is disgusting. They're on the verge of going back to Mitch Trubisky, and there's an argument to be made that they should have never went away from Mitch Trubisky. So this is where we're at. Like, people are trying to promote Mitch Trubisky in the NFL. What, why, what is 2020 doing to all of us? No, give me the Vikings. Dalvin Cook has been getting on a roll. I don't think they have to win this game because of Kirk Cousins, but I think he gets his first Monday Night Football win. Dalvin Cook continues to have two touchdowns each and every week. This brings us to our last game of what would be this week, but the first game of what would be Week 11 that I might consider the game of the week for Thursday Night Football. We have the 
the Arizona Cardinals taking on Seattle Seahawks at Seattle. A fun matchup. Again, their last game was probably the best game of the season so far. Who do you like in the rematch? Yeah, Arizona plays really well at Seattle. They they historically do. I just think, and again, oh, this stinks. This stinks because every time I pick a team twice, they end up losing one of them. I'm going to take Seattle in this game. I really am. I just think, I, I don't know. It's just something about Russ being at home. Russ being able to find DK Metcalf down the field. Uh, maybe the legs are a little tired coming off the coming off Jalen Ramsey's matchup. I don't know, man. I just like them at home. I really do up there in the great Northwest. And uh, maybe some rain coming in Thursday. Who knows? You never know with Seattle. Give me Seattle. I, I, but again, by like, what, three points? Maybe. Maybe. Something like that. They, they are, I'm telling you right now, they're allergic to winning big games. If they went to the doctor and the doctor said, oh, you have this symptom, this symptom, this symptom. And the doctor would come back and say, yes, you guys officially have an allergy to winning games big. That's, that's their diagnosis. I mean, literally. Dr. Goose in the house will be here all week, twice on Sunday. When you look at all of Seattle's games, even dating back to last season, they were what, 9 and 1? You can go back years, Jolan. You can go back years. Russell Wilson's magic has always prevailed. But that wraps up our segment for the NFL matchups, week 10 into week 11. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun, Jolan. And now we want to kind of talk a little bit about some baseball. Jolan, we got some big news coming out of Miami. Tell me about it a little bit. With their general manager. Oh, they got the, a yeah, new general manager in town. Oh, yeah, Kim Ange. Kim Ange is taking over GM. She's the first woman and first woman of color, I believe, to take over as a GM in any descent in baseball sports. Um, in, there was in, a lot of backlash. In North American sports. I really? Believe, I believe that's in, I believe that's in the first? all of them. Really? I believe that's in all of them. Well, yeah, her her resume speaks for itself. She You've was vice remember, president. Like, Jeannie Buss is like the president of the team. Technically, she's not oh, the GM. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but specifically, the general manager, I believe she's the first one in North American sports. Yeah, she was VP of player relations for MLB for a bunch of years. She is well, well respected in the MLB community, and there was backlash from a lot of people. And I don't think they understand how well she's known around baseball and how well she's respected around baseball. Well, and I think Jolan, this is where we have to be equal here. We got to do stuff for everybody, okay? When we ask this woman, hey, uh, if there's qu- why there's question, oh, is she qualified? Okay, was Cliff Kingsbury qualified? Was he? Was he? Again, he's doing a good job. Was he really qualified though? Like we need to start asking these questions all the time. This can't just be a woman specific thing. But good for her, Derek Jeter making another what seems like a good move in my eyes. She is very qualified to do her job, and uh, Miami's. You know, they had that really good core this year that kind of found their way into the playoffs. Again, I think of over 162, they probably end up last in the division. But still, I think they're trying to build something down there. And I think she's a huge part of it moving forward. And I'm excited for them uh, to keep to keep it rolling there. You know, it's funny. You asked me, like, oh, we have that breaking news in Florida. This is not a big shock to me. She's respected in baseball, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those things that, like, all right, she's fit for the position. I have no questions or concerns with it because – I know she's respected in her community, and I just respected at what she does. Absolutely. And now we move into our Cy Youngs. They got announced this week. We had uh, Trevor might be a New York Met this offseason. Bauer. We have so much money. Won the NL Cy Young. He's the first Reg pitcher to ever do that in their history, believe it or not. And then we go to the AL. Shane, uh, Indians pitcher Shane, not Justin Bieber, won the AL Cy Young by a unanimous fashion. So uh, just credit to them. Don Mattingly was the NL uh, manager of the year, Kevin Cash, the AL. Uh, Kevin Cash obviously receiving backlash for what he did in Game 6. 
a lot, a lot going on. Freddie Freeman wins the NL MVP. Uh, Jose Abreu of the White Sox wins uh, AL MVP. I just want to say credit to MLB. They could have botched this and made it political and not give Bauer the Cy Young, but they stayed true. His numbers speak for themselves. Congratulations to MLB on not dropping the ball on this one. They did, and uh, hopefully he'll join the staff of a two-time Cy Young champion in uh, Jacob DeGrom. We'll have to see where that all goes. Now Come on, in... Steve. You throw the money. Oh, and that was the other big thing that came out. The Mets, of course. Steve Cohen, introductory press conference, wants the team to win, of course, naturally. Three to five years, he said. Otherwise, oh, yeah. he'll be disappointed. Here's the other big news. Two pitching big newses. Noah Syndergaard throwing off a mound now. I know a lot of people want him trade. If you, whether you want him to stay, on the, jacked. Whether you want him to stay on the team or get traded, he's got to come back. Guys. He's got to be healthy. Yeah. He's got to be healthy. He can't. They're not going to. There's no value if you trade him while he's recovering from Tommy John. I don't want to hear this Noah Syndergaard trade talk. No, I want we get him and Bauer and Degrom all in the lineup. And, you better count your lucky stars. It's the best defense we've ever seen. And Marcus Stroman signed his qualifying offer this week. Did he? A big surprise. A one-year, eighteen and a half million dollar qualifying so offer with the Mets. That's huge news. Because now you get a guy like Bauer, oh man, buckle up. <laughs> buckle. You could throw like David Peterson at the end of that rotation who pitched very well this year, Stephen Matz, all these guys to fit one spot instead of having to fill two. Jolan, go ahead. That shows me his trust in Stevie Cohen. Absolutely. Period. And, and again, we're, new owner, new, new management, new all this, new all that. We're going to see. Dotted lines are getting signed. We're going to see how many free agents come in and come out. Jolan, I want to move to the NBA. Big news. They got their draft this week. They finally agreed on a package for for the 2020-2021 season. December 22nd, we're starting. That's it. Free agency starts November uh, November 20th. And the draft is November 18th, this coming Thursday. Jola, let me ask you, where does LaMelo Ball go? LaMelo Ball, I think, oof. See, here's the problem with LaMelo Ball. He might slip. And the reason being is because his brother, his brother had all this potential, and his brother got drafted second overall, I believe. To the Lakers, To the yes, Lakers, sir. yeah. So I think LaMelo Ball doesn't go top three. I think he might go four. I think the Bulls have that pick, correct? I believe so. Yeah, that I think he goes right. four to the Bulls. I don't think the top three hype is there naturally as much as it was four or five months ago. I think guys have separated themselves in the draft analysis to make themselves a one, two, and three pick. And I think Anthony Bennett is his name right now. That might be the big bust. Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards. From Anthony Bennett was the Cavs bust. Georgia. Yeah, He's Bennett was the one. guy that they used because <laughs> they were going to trade him to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's Anthony Edwards is going to go number one. Yeah. I this, think Wiseman goes two as well. This Warriors. is interesting because you got, you got the Timberwolves, then you got the Warriors, then you got the Hornets at three, the Bulls at four, the Cavs at five, the Hawks at six, Detroit at seven. Of course. The New York Knicks sitting there at eight. Do you remember? <laughs> the, do, you, do you remember not only the twenty first night of September, but do you remember the last time the Knicks had the eighth overall pick? Do you know who went seventh in that draft, Jalen? No. A one Stephen Curry. Really? Yo, oh yeah, oh yeah. Steph Curry went the pick before the New York Knicks. Otherwise, he would have been an MSG light Wasn't in that he arena the second on fire. Guard taken by the Timberwolves too. In the I top believe. 10? No, he didn't go to the Timberwolves. He went to the Warriors. Oh no, no. But the Timberwolves picked Johnny Flynn in that draft. Oh, that's what it was. The Timberwolves had two picks. They botched it, and Steph Curry got drafted in between them. Correct. Oh jeez. Yep. So that's going to be really fun. I'm I'm excited to see where Obi Toppin goes from Dayton. I think he's a really interesting prospect. I think he's got an NBA body and an NBA fit. 
but he played a Dayton, not the same competition. We didn't get to see him in March Madness, which I'm very, very brutally upset for. Now, let me ask you something. Ask me. The Warriors, do they trade back? Or do they get Wiseman and they start this re-roll it de- it depends. of a, of a It depends dynasty. what you would trade back for, right? There's nothing it, like, really there outside the top right, five. Right. You I would, hate to say that. You would need... Right, that's... Or Yunka, maybe. That's there's, an, there's guys. There's that's a problem. There's the year. There's, there's guys. That's a problem. But the other problem is who are you getting in return for that sec- for that second overall pick? You know, because, again, if the Warriors, like, this mock draft has them taking LaMelo Ball. I've heard them, oh, we might trade for Bradley Beal. That doesn't make any sense. A three-guard line, it's just not going to work. That's, yeah. it, it, it just really isn't. They have to find out what to do with Andrew Wiggins because... Why anybody in the NBA would even consider taking that man's contract, I don't have a damn clue. It's a trade off of, I would assume. But it's a discuss. You got to have cap room to take it. I know what you mean. You got to have cap room to take it. It's awful. And all it is for the Warriors, Jolan, is to really match up the salaries when they trade for a big name. I get it. But as the other team, I wouldn't know why I would take them. You know? And again, you're not going to see Russ has been talked about on the trade block. He might be out of Houston. James Harden might be out of Houston. Guys, Russell Westbrook, the slam dunk place for him to go, two places actually, Charlotte or New York. It's that simple. Can't go anywhere else. Why? Because anywhere else he goes that they've reportedly paired him with would lose too much and B, would have Russell Westbrook on their team, which would screw them over come playoff time. It would hurt the development of younger players as well. Absolutely. Like, I've heard rumors, oh, James Harden to Brooklyn. That's not going to work. Why? Because there's only one basketball for him. Three ball-centric guys. For him, Kyrie, and KD. Now, I will say KD's on the border. I don't think he's as ball-centric, but, like, Kyrie and James Harden will hold that ball 94% of the time. When you got Kevin Durant, who some say might be the best player in the league when healthy. uh, Yeah, he's the best shooter, I think, when healthy over Steph Curry. He's the best scorer, I think, in the NBA, no doubt, because I think just the way he can score, his height, he gets shots over everyone. I was I was going to say, he might be the best scorer besides Kobe Bryant in my lifetime. He, he very seen, well could be. I, that I've seen. He very it's, well it's could be. I want to see him do it a little bit longer. Yeah. I, I do want to see him do it in a little bit of a longevity, but I agree. The way he can score, the mid-range, the turnaround fadeaways, all these different, the three-pointers that we've seen in the finals, He's going to be – he's exciting to watch because, again, coming off an ACL uh, – Achilles injury, excuse me, in your 30s, listen, again, he shoots the ball really well, so he shouldn't be as affected by that Achilles as, as some like guys a, a that, re- that rely on their dunking and their post moves and the physicality. So I, I will concede that. We're going to see where all these chips fall. I think Houston blows it up. Uh, P.J. Tucker's not happy. Daniel House isn't happy. Uh, Eric Gordon's not happy. That team is in for a full-blown rebuild soon. And if I'm James Harden, I'm requesting a trade because I'm not staying around for a rebuild because I think he's a guy that needs a ring. Needs a ring. Listen, like Russell Westbrook Westbrook's done some stuff that no guy in NBA history has ever done. And James Harden has had game streaks of that kind of stuff. But like Russell Wilson, like nobody had averaged a triple-double for an entire season before. He did it three times. You know what I mean? So he's got a little bit of leg up there. I think Harden's got to go win a ring. I really do. So if they go full rebuild, he's got to leave. Chris Paul might be on the move. The Suns, maybe. That's an interesting uh, discussion because Chris Paul with Devin Booker, it it is a real good – because Devin Booker's great with the ball in his hands. So when Chris Paul gives him the ball, he might not get, get it back. But it takes a load off of Devin Booker having to bring the ball up. If the team traps, 
He's got to deal with that. He's got to dribble through that, and dribble it, through contact. It makes life a little bit easier is what I'm trying to say. It makes life easier for Chris Paul, too. He doesn't have to Correct. carry a young Thunder team into the playoffs. Correct. Absolutely. And they might be headed towards a full rebuild. I don't even know if they have a coach. I, I don't even know who does and who doesn't have a coach anymore. But it's going to be fun to watch, Joel. On. Here's, here's a bet I'm putting up, and I don't know if Vegas has it already. Is LeBron James going to play opening night? No. Because here's what I would do. I bet you those odds are so high that he's not going to play. I'd bet ten bucks the other way. I'd bet ten bucks that he will play because you remember what he did when they walked out in the middle of the playoffs. The Lakers and the Clippers were the two teams that said no, we don't want to play anymore. And the Lakers, who's really the spokesperson for them, LeBron James, changed his mind overnight. So he might get to December twentieth, December twenty first, and be like, you know, I, 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 you know, I'll play, I'll play. If they get a, if they get another star, you know, they've been linked to Demar Derozan. If they get another star, he might just play too. Facilitate. Do whatever you can do. What they won't do, and what they announced the other day, is they won't be playing with fans, Joel, on in Los Angeles. They will not be playing with fans. They're going to wait to celebrate that title just a hair bit longer. But you know who's trying to have fans? Golden State. Their, their ownership team has put together that they will spend $30 million to have... 50% capacity in the new Chase Center. Pull your money now, where your mouth is. it's different. Staples Center, they've had revenue all these years. That Chase Center in Oakland, A, still needs to be paid for, and B, is only this is only its second year. Well, that's so, what happens when you get reevaluated for the $5 billion. Right. They're trying to get people in the door. And again, $30 million, that's for... They want to test every fan, and I'm, and I'm going to guess that's the rapid testing because they would have to test them before they come in. All this kind of stuff... It's I Joe. I don't really know how it works, but again, you remember during the during March, I said I don't know how we get an NFL season in. You watch the NBA is going to try and pull All something I can off. Tell you guys if Golden State pulls us off, Golden State fans going to the game, get there hours early. And I please, bet it's going to take a while. And please be smart. Like if you feel sick, stay home. I feel like an idiot for. I feel like a. I feel like a kindergarten teacher, or like a. Well, we have adults like acting a, like kindergarten. Like a third grade teacher. If you feel sick, if you feel sick. Please stay home. If you are running a fever, please stay <laughs> joke. home. You have to say this, but it's so true. If you don't want to wear a mask, please stay home. If it's against your pub- public liberty or public liberties, I guess, then yeah, stay then home. stay home because you're Hopefully. not going to be allowed in, guys. These private companies are allowed to make the rules as they dictate. That is so. While you can say it violates your rights. They also have a right to to put rules in place. That's called, why you're not allowed to show up to work. It's called backing up your capitalism you believe Correct. in, all right? Private companies love to do what they Correct. want. Correct. So do your job. If you're going to go to those games, please be smart. Please be intelligent. And the Warriors, please be intelligent. Don't put any fans within the first seven to eight rows. Sit them back. I, I get it. You get a lot of revenue from those courtside seats. But you're going to get a lot of money because people haven't been able to see live sports. We're going to move into college football, Joel, and that's been a disaster. They've had 15 games canceled. The SEC is teetering on potentially canceling their season. Some schools are teetering whether they're going to cancel. It, it's just a disaster. Who couldn't have seen this coming? This is like actually kindergartners, these kids. Kids 18 to 20, and you put them around any kind of booze or anything like that at a college. They're basically kindergartners. So, again, guys, if you want to continue the season, if you feel sick, stay in your dorm. If you don't feel like wearing a mask, stay the hell home. And, again, just just be careful with this stuff, guys. Uh, we're going to move into high school football, Joel, on Ponto Lakes playing at Waldwick. They beat Butler last week at home for the first time since, 19, since 1966. The Myers uh, family was there, uh, the father, Mike Myers. 
and Robbie Myers, who who's fantastic. He told me he's following following everything we do here on the Air It Out podcast. So uh, glad to hear that. Glad to catch up with him. Uh, unfortunately, we had to take W from him and his Butler Bulldogs, 27-18. Like I said, the first win at Hershfield against Butler since 1966. Quite the streak. Now they're going to play Waldwick in the NGIC semifinals. Jolan, I will be there. That game actually is Saturday, and I got moved up from Saturday at 6 p.m. to Saturday at 1 p.m. You might be asking why. I spoke with head coach Scott Mahoney. Waldwick had a soccer game at home on Thursday, and one of the stations for the light poles blew out. It blew out. So they and and it's like one of the main ones. So and they've been trying to fix it, and they can't. Obviously, you can't play at six o'clock at night anymore, and it'd be light outside. So you needed the lights. So they moved that game from six to one. Hampton Lakes is uh, undefeated in one o'clock games this year. Uh, that their one lone loss was a Saturday at six p.m. game. So this falls right into their wheelhouse. And uh, I expect them to do well. And if they win, they play Beckton next week for the championship. They lose, they play Park Ridge for third place. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Jolan, we got the Masters. Dude, you've been watching any of the Masters? Um, no, but I was going to place best in the Masters and it ended up being the Thursday night game. So I ended up placing best there. So, yeah, no. The um, Masters I don't really has watch been fun. Right they, uh, they delayed the first round a little bit due to thunderstorms down there. They're in Augusta. They're in Georgia. They're in Georgia. Um so that first round got delayed. They just finished up the second round. Third round, it's going to be Saturday. They're going to try to play it until it all goes dark. And uh, Tiger Woods, he's uh, four shots off the lead as we speak. Could change, obviously, by the time you listen to this podcast. The defending champ, Joel, on. Oh, boy. Tiger on the weekend. Now, this is where I wish we had crowds because that atmosphere last year was unlike I've ever seen at a, at a Tiger. golf tournament. Tiger is back. Has been back, and uh, we wish him the best of luck going forward, and uh, we'll see if he can pull it out. If not, Dustin Johnson's at the top of the leaderboard, John Rahm. If you don't know who those names are, Google the World uh, Golf Rankings, and you'll find out. Phil Mickelson's up there. All, all these guys are up there. Bryson DeChambeau barely made the cut, the guy that can drive the ball like 390 yards. Yeah, he barely made the cut. He'll be playing this weekend. Jolan, a lot of, a lot of fun ahead. I just want to give uh, two shout-outs, one to our old coaches. Obviously, they're rolling this season. Paul Koontz, Justin Jones, Scott Mahoney, Mike Chamelli, and the rest of the staff. I don't even know who's there. Schaefer's then, there now. Uh, Schaefer, Ryan, Ryan Schaefer, our yep. boy Ryan Schaefer. So, yeah. And then another shout-out is to our old lineman coach, John Miller. He recently got married. Um, small little ceremony, obviously, with his family due to COVID. Um, he's moved on from the staff itself to take a head coaching job elsewhere. But congratulations to you, Coach. All the best. Yeah, congratulations. And, Jolan, congratulations to your brother. Oh uh, yeah, for, for becoming a Pompton Lakes uh, police officer, I know that that was a big, big year. Th- that was a big thing for him, and a big, big past, big month. I would say the last few months for you and your family. So I'm glad to hear that, especially in 2020. Thank you, brother. It's been exciting, and uh, that's going to do it for our uh, quarter sports crisis life episode, episode 25 here on the Aired Out podcast. You can always follow me on Twitter at Gosker56 or on Instagram at Goose on the Mic. Joel, where might the people be able to find you and or the podcast? Uh, you can follow us at the on the podcast at Podcast Air It Out on Twitter and then Air It Out dot podcast on Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Good Old Joel's. Again, any questions, compliments, concerns for the show, you can reach out to us at those. Yeah, you want to be on the show, reach out to us. Just let us know. We'll get you in here. We're going to get Zach back in here soon. I want to hear all his takes on things going on. And uh, Joel, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And uh until until uh what is it gonna be next week? Week eleven? 
Until episode 27. Nope, 26. 26. I forgot how to count. Send me back to kindergarten. Uh, until episode 26, episode 11. Stay safe, everybody. If you feel sick, stay... No, I'm not going to go there again. Uh, until <laughs> next week, Jolan. Put it in the books. <laughs> <laughs>